Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. a lot of courage to share your story, your emotions, and just to be real. And so um, over the next few weeks, you're actually going to hear some of the stories from our staff because we're going to go first um, as we ask some of you to share your stories and what God is doing because there's power in people's stories. There's power in people's testimonies. You may not be able to explain what Jesus has done, but you can tell what he has done in your life. And can I tell you that resonates with people. It's powerful. It speaks to people. Um, And so Bobby, thank you for sharing, man, what God has done in your life. And today, right inside that topic of contentment is what we're going to be speaking on today. The question was asked um, simply this, what does contentment look like? What does contentment look like? What, what, ah, you know, and as our, as a society, we really have a tough time trying to grasp, trying to get a hold of what contentment looks like. So, so if I was going to say what contentment looks like, and I, and I really kind of went back and forth with this definition, I, I would tell you this. For, for me, what contentment looks like is being at peace with where you are, is being at peace with where you are. And when I say being at peace, some of us are like, man, that seems so distant from my life. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect. It doesn't mean that you, uh, it, it's your dream life, but it's saying, you know what? I'm okay because I know the Lord's with me right now. I know the Lord has me here for a reason and a purpose, and I'm okay. I'm at peace with where I am in life. And so today's message, I'm going to be real honest. I'm preaching with you. This sermon has kicked my rear all week long talking about contentment. Um, and, and, and the reason is it's because our culture struggles with contentment. Um, I can say iPhone 10 right now. And a bunch of you are like, oh no, don't, don't do it, Justin. Here's the deal, when we decide to get the new iPhone 10 or the new iPhone 8, it's not that there's a, even an issue or a problem with it. Most of us, so if we were to be honest, the reason we upgrade our phone isn't because there's something really wrong with our old phone, is there? No, 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 no. We just want the newest and shiniest adult toy, because that's admit what it is. It's a toy. Um, otherwise, you just go back to your flip phone. You know what I'm saying? Just like, here, here it is. Um, but we want to have that new item, that cool item, and we're not content. We're not okay with the one we had when we can get something bigger and better. But can I tell you, that's the, where, where we kind of bought in. Most of us know the game bigger and better, 
right? You trade something small and you get something better. And you trade something small, you get something bigger and you get something better. And some of us were looking for bigger and better when God has called you to be faithful with here and now. And there's a big, big difference. So how do you get there? How do you get to that place in life where you're at peace with where you are? The first thing I would tell you is this, is that you've got to learn to be content with some because contentment never comes with all. You've got, you got to learn to be content with some because contentment never comes with all. Uh, if you're not satisfied with the way things are because satisfied, satisfaction is another great word for contentment. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not trying to prove, improve, and we'll get to that in a second, but it's that you're kind of at peace with where you are, with what you have. Can I tell you, if you buy into the myth of more, that if I just have more friends, if I just have more money, if I just have more things, then I'll be happier, then I'll be good, then this will happen, you're buying into a myth called more, and that myth is never proven true because, man, contentment, you got to learn to be content with some because you will never be contentment. Contentment never comes with all. And contentment, I think we think it's just a destination or a, 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 a place we just kind of arrive to and we're like, oh, I'm this content person now. I'm, I'm good. I'm great. How did this magically happen? And you think it's going to be like some ruby slippers and Dorothy on the Wizard of Oz. You're just like, look, a house landed on a witch and now I'm good. And you're just like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in Oz and I'm happy and I'm content. It doesn't work that way, right? Contentment doesn't work that way. Contentment is an attitude we learn. In fact, Paul said this in Philippians chapter four, verses 11 through 13. It says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. Paul's saying, I, 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 here, here's the deal. I know what it is to not have anything. I know what it is to be broke I know what it is to be all by yourself. I know what it is to be in a place in life, in a circumstance. He's writing this out of a prison. I know where it, what it means to be in a place you don't want to be in, at a stage you don't want to be in. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And can I tell you, plenty very rarely brings con contentment with it because I know a whole lot of rich people who are miserable and discontent. If you think stuff, if you think plenty is going to bring contentment, man, you're going to be waiting for a long, long time. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. A lot of us were like, oh, that's the context of Philippians 4.13. It doesn't mean that I can bench press 500 pounds when I haven't been working out. Can I tell you, if you go to bench press 500 pounds, and you're like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, that's gonna cave your chest in. I'm uh, just letting you know. You'll be like, ah. It's saying I can learn to be content whether I've got a lot or whether I'm in need because Christ gives me the strength to do it. Now, contentment simply means this out of the Greek. It means satisfaction with things as they are. And I got to tell you, when Paul is reading this, he keeps saying, I have learned, I have learned, I have learned, I have learned. 
And contentment is something you and I, it's an attribute you and I learn. We learn our way there. We don't just arrive our way there. We learn contentment because you are not born with contentment, right? We, we know this. I could take you right now down the hallway to our overcrowded nurseries, our overcrowded two and threes and four and fives, and there would be little Tommy right there, and he has gone and picked out his own toy, and he's sitting there. He made the choice of his toy. He brought it back, and he starts playing with his toy, and he is happy, and he is good, and everything is great and wonderful in his world, right? You've seen this play out, parents and grandparents. And then Billy gets up and he goes and he grabs this toy and he brings it back and there's Billy and Tommy was doing good until Billy sat by Tommy and Tommy sees what Billy has and he's like, you know what, I don't like this anymore. And he's like, ah! And he starts reaching and the teacher's like, no, that's Billy's and you can't have that, Tommy. And he starts reaching and he's all of a sudden miserable. Why? Because he starts comparing what he has to what he has. Can I tell you, we do the same thing. We do the same thing. And if you and I are gonna reach a place of contentment, we gotta stop comparing. And I'm not just talking about stuff. We've got to stop comparing our blooper reel to other people's highlight reels. We got to stop comparing our lives. Some of you, you just daydream. I mean, you just dream about things and you just like, oh, if, if I just, if, 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 if I could have a marriage like they have, then what more could I ask for? Oh, you'd ask for plenty. If, if I, if I could just have kids like they have. Man, their kids are so well behaved. It's because they've threatened them within an inch of their life when they're in public to be well behaved. If, if I could have a job like they have. If I, if I could if, if I could just be as happy as they seem to be, if I could just be at the stage of life where they're at, and it's not even the stuff, it's we start comparing lives to other people, and in the process, you know what? Nobody wins when you compare, when I compare. Everybody loses, especially you, but especially those that are connected with your life. Because you're trying to be something that God has never called you to be. And as you're trying to be something God's never designed and called you to be, you will never find contentment in it. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, I love this verse in Ecclesiastes. It says this, Ecclesiastes 6, 9, it says, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Man, I like what my dad said. He said, someone will always have bigger, newer, and better. Just enjoy and be faithful with what you have been entrusted with. He asked me for an honorarium for that, but I'm not giving it to him. Um, but, uh, we, we, you know, be, be, be enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't. Just dreaming about nice things, it's meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Some of you, you need to understand, you need to write this verse down. This needs to be your life verse for the season you're in because you're chasing after things that are meaningless. You're discontent, you're not enjoying what you have. You're dreaming about things you don't have and God has not called you to live that kind 
of life. It's like what Pearl Buck said. She says, many people lose the small joys in the hopes for the big happiness. Can I tell you, a lot of us, you've lost your joy in life. You've lost the joy in your marriage. You've lost the joy being a parent. You've lost the joy being a grandparent. You've lost the joy. Remember when you got that job? Hold on, let, let's, let's flesh this out for real right now. That first day, you were thanking God for that job, right? Oh, God, thank you. for and, and now you go to that job, and you're like, dear God, help me out of this thing. Right? We're not content with where God's placed us, and because we're not content, we're not thankful. It, it, it spreads like a cancer in our spirit when we're discontent. For some of us, you've lost the joy of our, your salvation. You know, it's like the psalmist said, dear Lord, return to me the joy of my salvation. It's because you're running after things God's never intended you to run after, trying to get a hold of things that God never intended you to have a hold of. Learn to be content with the sum you have. Enjoy the things you have rather than dreaming about all the things you don't because contentment never comes with the alls. It's found in the Psalms. The second thing I would tell you is this. Don't get so consumed with where you are going that you don't enjoy where you are. Um, for, for me, I'm a very uh, driven person. I'm a very ambitious person. Um, I like to get places fast, um, whether it is my personal life, whether it's a road trip, right? Um, if you're going from here to go skiing in Colorado, Kansas is awful. Uh, there's nothing to see there, you know? So it's like, why are we even stopping to use the bathroom here? Let's keep going. It's not even worth stopping. And when you get to the first part of Colorado, it's not like glorious. It's still flat, but you're like, we're in Colorado, right? Let's, let's you don't enjoy going through Kansas. You're just like, get me through this stage. You're driven. And for a lot of us, we are driven. And this is not a message to tell you being driven is bad, right? This is not a message to tell you that having ambition, trying to improve, trying to get better is bad. But I will tell you, when you have ambition and you are driven, but you don't have contentment in your life, there's no balance to your life. If you're gonna be driven, and if you're going to be ambitious, you better make sure you've got a good dose of contentment in your life so that you're not always going, going, going. We got to get there. We got to get there. We got to get there in my professional life, in my personal life, in this stage, in that stage, in this stage, in that stage, that you miss your significance in the moment right now because you think your significance is going to be in the destination when it's in the moment. Can I tell you the memories are in the journey? Your influence is during the journey. It's not once you get to the destination. And some of us, we're missing. It's, it's kind of like when we read a good book. Like if you're a reader, some of you are like, there's no such thing. Because um, I hate reading and I hate books. I like books. And, and, and when I get a hold of a good book, um, I, I, want to, I want each chapter to like just keep going and keep going, whether it is a, a leadership book or a Christian enrichment book or even a fiction book. I, I can read, I'm like, oh, don't stop now because I'm enjoying that chapter because it's part of the bigger story. But if I'm in a book that is assigned or I'm in a book, like when I was in college having to read theology books, I was like, oh, dear mercy, this is brutal right now. 
I don't care, you know, and, and, and you're just like, okay, I just got to get through this. I just got to get through this. I got to find the information. I got to get through it. I just got to flip through. You're losing the enjoyment of the story. And can I tell you, that's what we do in life. And God has just called you to enjoy the chapter that you find yourself in life right now. He's not calling you to just get through the book, get through the story of your life. He wants you to be make meaningful moments and influence and leadership and power and develop into who he's called you into this moment instead of pushing it off till the next chapter, to the next chapter, to the next chapter. Because here's what we do. This is, this is, how, this is how it all unfolds. We're single, right? We're like, oh, if I could just find that relationship, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. I'll be happy. Then we find that relationship, and we think, man, if, I, if we can just get married, and then we can learn how each other operates, then I'll be content. No, you won't, because you will never figure out how each other operates and thinks. It's not going to happen. You get married. You're like, oh, this, this is great. Oh, if I could just have kids. If, if, I, if, I could, if we could have kids... It would be awesome. What are you thinking? <laughs> you have kids, and then it's, well, if that, once they just start sleeping through the night, and I can sleep, and they're not just bothering, so I, I, the, the, but can I tell you right after that, it's two and threes? Oh, if they'll just go to school, if they'll just go to school and leave me alone, then I'll be content. Then we'll be able to go on date nights. You're crazy. <laughs> they start bringing homework back. There's drama at school. And then you say something absolutely asinine. Well, when my kids just become teenagers. <laughs> Charlie turns 13 this month. And I, I will tell you, my, Charlie is awesome and she's a joy, but I am sure there's going to be moments. I'm sure there's going to be days where I'm like, what, what in the world? And, and, and then you're like, well, if, once they start driving, it'll be better because I don't have to take them everywhere. Once they go to college, well, then, no, then you're going to be crying at home because your home's empty. Right? Well, now what do we do? Now we've got to rediscover each other, you know, and, and watch what my love language has changed five times over, you know, and, and it's, and discontentment is still there. And then it's, once they get married, you're dumb. You're so stupid, Justin. Don't think that. Don't say that. You're going to have to pay for those weddings. Two of them. Like, man, why would, well, once I have grandkids, they're, they're married, they're off. Once I have grandkids, it'd be, no, I won't, because then you're going to have to babysit those grandkids. You've got to buy those grandkids gifts, and you're going to try to tell those, your kids, what to do with their kid, and they'll be like, Mom and Dad, I know, and nothing's changed since they were a teenager. They're just like, I know, Mom and Dad. You know, I read Baby Wise. I, I know. Sign language in my kid right now. You want to eat. You know, I'm, you got it. Once I'm retired, I'll be content, and you get to retirement, and you realize you don't like each other anymore, right? And you got nowhere to go, and you bought this RV, and you're like, I hate an RV. I hate being cooped up in this thing. What are we doing? We should have just bought a beach house. <laughs> See, we just keep pushing off our contentment to the next chapter, to the next chapter, to the next chapter. And hear me, parents. Hear, hear me. Everyone... 
everyone in this place, single, teenagers, college students, young professionals, uh, grandparents, retired couples, hear me. Your significance is meant to be today and now in this chapter. You have a role that God has for you to fill. Don't you push off your significance because you don't like the chapter of life you're in. If you're not content in this chapter, you won't be faithful to this chapter. And you won't fill the role that God has placed for you to fill because you will just be waiting for your moment. You'll be just thinking that a better time's gonna come when God hasn't called you to wait and, just, and, and hope for better, but he's called you to work and make it better. Be faithful. Doesn't sound sexy, I know, but man, it's significance. It's where your significance comes from. And you won't be faithful if you're not content with the chapter you're in. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter five, verse five. It says, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment that you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought, at being at peace with things as they are. That can't be bought. That peace that passes understanding, living a life that you're satisfied with and you don't have remorse and regret about. Third thing I would tell you is this. Stop being the coach and start being the coached. Stop being the coach and start being the coached. When um, I coached Chloe's basketball team, it's a maddening thing being a coach, I found out, and I have retired. I am in my early retirement years of basketball coaching now, um, which I was glad to throw away my, my whistle, my whistle. Um, and uh, in the process of, of coaching, coaching was great a lot of the times, but it was when they were listening, right? Like if they're listening, you're like, okay, I like this coaching thing because you can see what they need to do. You can tell them what to do. And when they do it, you're like, yes, I, I see, I know what I'm talking about. When you listen, good things happen, right? But when they don't do what you're yelling at the sidelines or they're talking while you're talking at practice, which blows my mind how that happens. I'm like, oh no, you're not gonna talk when I'm talking. See this whistle, this is total authority. And we, 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 but, but when they don't do what you're coaching them to do, it is maddening. It is frustrating. I mean, you just about lose your mind because they won't listen to what you say and function like you're saying to do it. And can I tell you, a lot of us, we do the same thing when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. We, we're just saying, man, God, I, I know better. I got a to-do list for you. I know what you need to do, and I need you to do this, and I need you to do it at this time, and when it doesn't function in our timing, when things don't work out the way we've told God they need to work out, we get frustrated. We're not content, are we? No, we're mad. Some people have even walked away from the relationship with Jesus Christ because, well, if that's the way God's gonna operate, if I don't get to be his coach, in essence, then I'm not gonna follow that wasn't your role in the first place. You're in our, my job, and, and hear me, I'm, I'm in this, this process. I'm, I'm with you in the feelings right now. Our job is to be coached and not to coach. I, I love what my wife said, actually. We were talking about this, and she said, the only time I 
I'm not content when it, is when I'm pushing God to do what I want instead of me doing what he wants. And a lot of times, you know what, when we're not content is when we're more consumed with the results, Jesus coming through with the results that we want instead of the relationships that Christ wants. A lot of us, we get discontent, we get upset, we get frustrated, we get mad, we get angry when we get consumed with the results we want God to do for us instead of the relationship that God wants from us. And it says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Another translation says a godly life brings huge profit to people who are content with what they have. Godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Not close with this. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says this. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. This is a, 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 an area just to be real, I mean real honest, man, I struggle with this. Just to be content in the knowledge of knowing that God will never leave me nor forsake me. To be okay with just that, whether little or plenty to be okay being right there. And I remember when I would come home when my kids were young, I would come through the door and they would just yell, Dad's home, and they would rush to the door and it was like a race to see who hugged me first. If Chloe didn't get there, she started crying. It was a great mess. Um, but, and it was this awesome moment that my kids just were great being in my presence. And some of you parents are nodding your head and grandparents are like, yeah, I remember that, I remember that. Somewhere along the way, dad got old, right? <laughs> they got used to dad coming home. They knew dad was coming home. And so it's not as exciting just being in the presence of dad. It's, okay, dad's home, cool. Gotta tell you, I don't say that so my kids will be like, oh, dad's home. I just sat on my back porch this past week as I was preparing and I just, man, I just, I wept. And I said, God, how in the world did I get to the place where I'm not okay just being in your presence? Where, where I'm not content with this verse that says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with, you have, with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. How did I get to the place where I was more concerned about your hands and your heart? Where I was more consumed with the results of God than with the relationship with God? Because I remember a teenage boy who drastically got saved that all I wanted to do was stay in the presence of God. Because I realized the change it made in me. Where's, where'd that go? Where, where'd that go where you were just like, man, all I need is just to be in the presence of God. And whether good comes, whether bad comes, I'm gonna be okay because I know he's never gonna leave me and he's never gonna forsake me. I, I challenge you, church, let's get back there. Because if you're gonna get content, if you're gonna be at peace with life as it is, your life has to be in his presence on a daily basis to learn 
that in his presence we, 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 we live, we learn, and we breathe into his presence. Because you know what the psalmist said? He says, in your presence is fullness of joy. It's not in the stuff. It's not in a relationship even. It's not in accolades and accomplishments. Man, be driven, try to do the best with the gifts that God has given you. We are called to do that. We're called to live a life like that. But in the process of all that, you know what? In the, in the presence of God, that's where you find the fullness of joy. It's not gonna be in your accomplishments. It's not gonna be in your relationships. It's not in the next chapter, the next chapter. It's just by you and me taking time to say, you know what? In the presence of God is fullness of joy. And as your pastor, I need to get back there a little bit more. And I have a feeling I'm not alone in this. That we just need to come back to where, man, I'm content. Because I understand the bigness of this statement that you will never leave me nor forsake me. That I can be at home and I can be at peace because of you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for today. God, I just ask for some of us that we would just come away from the way we've made our relationship with you. Lord, there's a lot of us, we've made our relationship all about what we get instead of who you are. God, it's all result-driven. And Lord, I, I pray this morning that we would just come back to bring us, bring us back to our first love. Bring us back to the place where we're full of joy. We're full of peace. We're full of happiness. We're full of life once again. Not because of what we have, not because of what we've done, but because we just get to be in your presence. Because we understand the goodness of who you are and what you have for us. Lord, I pray, let us come back to that place. Lord, I pray that we would stop looking for the next stage, for the next chapter in life, for the next thing to happen, and that, Lord, we would rejoice and have significance where we are. Lord, that we would own the moment where we are, and we would understand that our influence and our memories are gonna be made in the moment we are in instead of the destination we're trying to get to. Lord, let us enjoy the journey. Lord, I pray in a culture that's so discontent, always looking for bigger and better, God, we'd be faithful with the here and now. And that we would find our fulfillment in your presence. That's all you want. So God, let us be coached. Let us hear your voice. Let us be receptive so we can be effective, God. Let us hear your voice so that we can live an effective life that you've called us to live. It's in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here, and you know what? The reality is I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. 
You may be here this morning, and, and maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching online, and, and you've made that decision, but the reality is, the truth is, you're just not where you need to be in your relationship with Jesus Christ, and you need to come back home this morning. And I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, all I want you to do is lift your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out, but what we believe is that Jesus sees the hand, and he changes the heart. And if that's you, don't miss this moment. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four hands. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service as we're here right now? Yeah, I see your hand. There's five hands. Is there anyone else? You join the hands that are raised. Yeah, I see your hand, six hands. Is anyone else, you just say, Justin, that's me. I wanna join these six people that raised their hand because there's a change that needs to be made in my relationship before we go any further in service. Man, if you raised your hand, would you repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart? Jesus, I come before you today and I just confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I pray that your grace and love would enter my life. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these six individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause, yeah. for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.